Hi, Candy Minks here with the Agency Podcast, and Eugene is here, and we're very excited to probably our most famous guest we've ever had, Eric Noden. He is a world-renowned blues and roots musician, and I hope he's happy with this introduction. Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> well, we're pretty glad to have you. We tried to get you. My goal was during the quarantine because I know that you figured out some ways to keep playing and perform during that time. And uh, that was the original. This is how long it took us to get you here. <laughs> Better late than never, right? Correct. Correct. So um, Eugene and I are both uh, big fans of the blues. And I, my first question is right, right away. How did you get into the blues? Well, uh, really, I mean, I got into music in general through my dad because he was kind of he was a sort of a hobbyist musician. Just uh, he played for fun in his spare time. And, and he was into uh, yeah, he had a lot of he had a good record collection. So that was really my introduction to a lot of blues, folk music, uh, finger picking guitar stuff like Leo Kotke. Um, wow. Yeah, all that really, I first was first introduced to it through just my dad's record collection, you know, and his just enjoyment of uh, that kind of stuff. Weren't, weren't record collections great? <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. loved record collections, right? They they were big and they had liner notes and pictures of the artists <laughs> and, you know, they had scratches and sometimes you had to put a penny on your stylus, whatever. I loved all of right. that. Yeah. yeah, now it's a playlist, I guess. It's a playlist. Yeah, it's you know? a playlist. <laughs> yeah. it's, and it's a problem as a working musician, I bet, too, because it's harder to have merch, isn't it? Uh, there's Yeah, there's a lot of challenges with that, you know, is sort of the emerging, you know, yeah, all this digital, you know, with the rise of uh, people, you know, uh, consuming music as a digital product, you know, at first as a download, which that was pretty decent when people were buying, you know, one at a time downloads, but then streaming kind of has basically made a situation where, you know, the musicians are, you're basically putting your music out there for free, essentially distributing it, you know, through these streaming uh, services, you know, but uh, so yeah, it is, it is a challenge, you know, and CDs are kind of, I mean, I still got quite a few CDs. There's still certain audience of people that will buy those CDs, but I'm, I think that's kind of, yeah, but I don't think, you know, yeah. I'm waiting for them to become retro when, like, you know, the 15-year-old kids are like, CDs are cool, man. Let's get a portable CD player because it's, like, so cool and retro. Like LPs, you know. But I don't want to carry around LPs, you know. So, in a way, CDs made it possible for musicians to make music, independent musicians. Uh, when I was growing up and there was LPs, you couldn't, I mean, you had to have a record pressing plant. You had to know a label, you know. So so there's goods and bads, I guess, with the digital, you know, the rise of the different, you know, technologies and and whatnot. So could you record at home? Uh, I've done both. I've recorded uh, recorded at home and I've recorded in, in studios. Uh, but most recently I've been sort of studying recording technology. So I've been... <laughs> been recording uh stuff at home and then i sort of had a coach who's helping me learn some of like mixing and mastering and different different audio you know techniques i guess you could say uh, are, are you happy with what you can what you can do without having a professional studio compared to if you were recording at home say even um i mean i know some people who used to do it with uh with four track cassette machines um and, yep, and yep. cartons on the wall 
I mean, can you get a, yeah. a much better sound quality and that kind of thing now? The quality is pretty, you can get a really pretty darn good quality uh, using your own own stuff. I mean, the two things there are, I mean, like a big studio will have a lot of times, they'll have a mic that's like, you know, a $10,000 yeah. microphone or it's something, the, you know, it's like, yeah. I'm not going to have that. So some of that gear is kind of, can be kind of special, but for the most part, if you have, you know, reasonably good uh, middle grade, you know, equipment, you can make amazing uh, recordings now because of it's, it's software based. So you can, you can really uh, do it. But the other thing that, you know, that the reason you go to a studio is for the person's ears, you know, that you got a studio mm -hmm. engineer or a producer and they've got great ears and uh that's why a lot of times musicians will record something and they'll mix it maybe and they'll send it off to someone else to do what they call mastering and just kind of like you put another set of ears on it and uh, they uh, kind of do their objective. you know yeah exactly because you can get you know you get so wrapped up in the project you know that you can't listen to it anymore you know you can't judge it anymore that can that kind of stuff can happen you know so yeah yeah. So the material you play, do you, do you play uh, tunes that you write or do you do more traditional material? I do a mixture. Mostly nowadays I play tunes that I wrote that are, you know, based on different traditional um, styles. But when I started off, I just played all traditional music, um, you know, mostly 1920s, 1930s, finger picking blues kind of stuff. So... So really, it was a pretty easy transition because no one knew any of those songs anyway. You know, it wasn't like I was playing uh, uh, some Jimmy Buffett or something and people were like, yeah, you know, so so it was very easy for me to play my own stuff because no one, you know, there was no more recognition, you know, uh, of that than what I was doing before. <laughs> wow. that, that makes good sense. Who were who some of those um, musicians from the, the, the 20s that you really dig? Oh, uh, there's there's a bunch of them, but uh, in terms of especially guitar, guitar picking, I guess, and singing like uh, Mississippi John Hurt, one of my favorites, uh, Sun House, uh, Tommy Johnson, Blind Blake, Blind Willie McTell, uh, Blind Lemon Jefferson. Um, yeah, there's a kind of a lot, a lot of influences. You know, I just like a broad range of. Sure. stuff i like a broad range of styles because you know there's different regional styles there's sort of mississippi styles there's kind of east coast what they call piedmont styles and uh so i like to mix it up and draw on those different you know different things and try to uh sort of pay tribute to them you know in my own stuff cool. um you know i think just right now i'm sure anyone listening is going to be wanting to know this how did you get that magical voice were you born with it? <laughs> uh, probably not. You know, I, I think I, I did develop, you know, for once I got into blues, because I, I was really like a, a sort of starting off, I played electric guitar. I was more of a lead guitar player. Huh? Uh, then I played classical guitar. Uh, then I got into blues and I started to learn. I was like, man, I love this blues. It's dun, 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 dun. And I said, well, you have to sing or else this does you can't just go dun, 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 dun. so so that got me interested in, in really trying to learn how to sing and uh, i was fortunate i had a really good vocal coach who kind of helped teach me how to project my voice and how to use my voice in in some different ways uh but i listened to a lot of blues records and i would just record myself singing oh, and i would listen yeah. back to it and then i would just keep kind of 
adjusting it. So I guess that's how I developed the blues, you know. Uh, it's amazing. The your bluesy voice. voice. Not only are you so <laughs> incredible at playing music, your voice is so incredible, which, you know, just helps you draw, get drawn in. Um, so you, what was the first instrument? When did you start playing? I started playing when I was eight. Uh, my dad kind of was, you know, he played guitar. And so I think it was something he was, you know, kind of hoping I would get in, maybe get yeah. interested in. And at the time he said, well, you want to play? We had a classical guitar teacher uh, at the school I was at who taught a program with a group class kind of. And he said, do you want to play classical guitar or do you want to, you know, play electric guitar? And I was like, yeah, I was like, I'll play electric guitar. I don't know. It sounded more <laughs> interesting. I didn't really know bands or any. A lot of people get in, you know, to play because like they heard this whatever, Deep Purple or something. They're like, I want to play guitar. But I was more just, I guess, into it through my dad. And uh, so I really started off, you know, started off playing electric uh for a long time just taking lessons from guys in mostly in music stores and stuff mm -hmm. you know that would teach me different things so. who had all the hot of, licks yeah all the hot licks yeah. what's some kind of music I, we wouldn't expect you to listen to that you listen to but i listen wow okay that's a good question uh i mean i like a lot of like eth like i like a lot of sort of i like the uh sort of Afro-Cuban kind of music yep. I'm into yep. a lot. I enjoy that a lot because that's something I had, had learned a bit when on the piano because I also uh -huh. play piano as well. So, um, yeah, I like a lot of that that type of stuff. To me, that's some of the coolest, like, I guess, current sort of pop mm. music that has yeah. what I think interesting layers, rhythmical layers. And, uh, I mean, I used to live in Humboldt Park in Chicago, and uh -huh. so that was a neighborhood where I, I just heard this music coming out of people's cars and I couldn't figure out how they could count it. You know, where's the one? Cause it had such a crazy <laughs> rhythm to it, you know? So yeah. stuff like that. I'll, I, I love blues, but I do like to go and, and kind of, you know, venture into kind of listen to explore other types of music. Um, mm -hmm. Cause I think it kind of informs, you know, it brings new fresh stuff to, uh, to what I'm doing. Yeah. Interesting. I, I think today, especially there's, I guess with the rise of that beast called Americana, there's a much more opportunity for for artists to play a variety of traditional American music and update it with contemporary music and mix all of that stuff in together. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, I, I too. Think, sorry, I, I was thinking of people like David Bromberg who would play. Yeah. Old old time music in one minute, and then another minute play fiddle music, and then play some jazz. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a cool way to look at it. That's kind of how I I sort of look at you know Americana music, uh, similar to how I looked at classic. You know, like when we played classical music, you know, you play if you play a baroque piece, there's certain things you do, certain ways you play it. You know, as opposed to a piece from the romance era or something. And so I look at blues as kind of like similar, like, you know, Piedmont blues has a certain way of, of playing and Mississippi blues is kind of totally different, you know? And so I try to like, I like to sort of try to really stick in those styles when I'm kind of, you know, playing them, really trying to capture it as much as, as possible. And I think it makes it more, to me, it's more interesting, but it's more chameleon-like, you know, basically, you know, record labels call this, you know, unmarketable. Because, <laughs> you know, because it's, you're doing a lot of different stuff. Whereas if you just do one thing, you know, I just play, 
Mississippi distorted electric guitar blues or something, you know, it's easier for people to figure out what that is. You know, they're not yeah. as confused. <laughs> it, it seemed to me listening to watching some, some videos that, that Candy sent over to me, um, that you have a real love of the song as well, as opposed to like the blues jam. Would you say right. Yeah. It's, I would say, you know, I got, once again, I started on electric guitar. So, <laughs> so when I was, you know, 15, 16, I got all that kind of out of my system, the, you know, crazy, you know, soloing, you know, playing, <laughs> how fast can you play? And, you know, in a way, virtuosic kind of uh, stuff. And I don't know, that just never really, excited me very much you know i'd rather hear yeah like you say i'd rather hear a, a solo that fits into the song or maybe if the song doesn't need a solo then you know don't play a solo so yeah it's more about the the overall composition and you know since i'm a songwriter um kind of looking at that too how does the music you know serve the the song you know when when i listen to older blues music compared to what you hear as, um, you know, coming from the three-chord power rock blues stream. Um, when, when I listen to older music, what I don't hear is I don't hear the searing solos at all. Um, I hear, you might hear like Sonny Boy Williamson might take a heartbreak, but it's not like a, it's not like a big long guitar solo, right? It's the, it's the, <laughs> right. the forward the song, right? And when I listen to material like that, I also get really impressed by, they have so much fun with lyrics and a lot of blues music that you just don't hear because we're so used to hearing, oh, it's the blues, you know, right, and right. want to simplify it into that kind of um, 12 bar format and everything is always the same way. But when I listen back in history, it seems that there's a lot more going on, like a lot more variety, a lot more lyrical yeah. content. Right. Well, they've even said too that a lot of the historic blues performer or blues, you know, recording artists, they probably recorded at even more of a sort of, they recorded more blues songs than maybe they usually even played, you know, because they had wider, a lot of times probably had wider repertoires of uh, music because they'd play for different people and stuff, you know, but um, so it's kind of interesting. Yeah. What, you know, what gets recorded and then, yeah, what, what carries on into whatever a more electric or more modern style and, you know, what doesn't, but, uh, but it's fascinating. You know, I love to uh, study this stuff. <laughs> well, the idea that Alan Lomax, Alan, the idea that Alan Lomax may have, influenced the oh only play your blues only play your roots only play what would be um commercially successful for a folk album it's kind of crazy idea right well <laughs> yeah. yeah well probably you know alan alan lomax was more like he just recorded what they played yeah. but the ones that wouldn't be that way would be the record labels that recorded you know some of the guys who would have been gone by the time alan started doing field recordings you know so so mm -hmm. but it's interesting you, you learn a lot by yeah listening to the uh the different recordings you know of the early early players you know and stuff yeah. so, so yeah. uh do you want me should i should i play a tune or yes. something you want yes. me to play a tune? that'd be wonderful okay wonderful let's do that let's do that Great. Yeah, i got some guitars i got some do you <laughs> Too. Believe it or not, I know this is shocking. I know this is very shocking. Just, just before you go into the tune, tell us about your favorite guitar. Uh, that's a good question. You know, I've really am 
I don't have a lot of guitars. I, I'm very kind of practical about guitars. I like to have a guitar that if, you know, it explodes or someone steals it or I step on it, uh, I can get a new one. So I'm, I'm not one of these people who's into like, the, I've got the 1912, you know, <laughs> whatever, irreplaceable guitar, you know. Um, but I do like these national guitars a lot. This is what I'm playing right so now. It's like, it's a resonator guitar. So it, it makes it louder than um, a wood guitar. But I also have a favorite wood guitar too. But usually when I'm performing, the these resonator guitars are great for a lot of different situations. So that's kind of my main favorite instrument. They sound good for slide too, which is really, really nice. Um, but yeah, so this one really, the national is... That's the nice thing about playing from from uh, my home studio too is I have I do have like four <laughs> guitars right here which I would never have at a show because I'm too right. lazy to carry all this around. Oh, you'd have to pay a guitar tech too. Right, right, just to tune it. You know, I went to see Lucinda Williams once, and one of her guitar techs had a second job, and that was to run out on the stage and change the page of her lyric book because she couldn't oh. remember. So he would sneak yeah. out, and change the page, and then you know he'd give her a different guitar every now and then. <laughs> That's funny. Well, they got that in classical music, you know. They got page turners that sit. Yeah, they just like sit that. next to the piano yeah. usually, you know. But yeah, so maybe I'll play you a tune. Uh, this is one I recorded with uh, Joe Felisco, I guess, in 2018, and it's kind of a this is this is one's kind of a Piedmont sort of East Coast uh, style blues tune so inspired by some artists like blind boy fuller uh reverend gary davis these guys were out on the east coast blind willie mctell and uh it's called anxious blues Thank you. 
dollar bill It's a good luck charm Think I'll keep it, sure can't do no harm Lost and lonely If I could only Change my luck and find my way back home you oh you wow. mentioned that you like to take only one guitar or so with you traveling do you have any idea how many miles you've toured whoo that would be that would be a tough one because i mean i've been to uh you know been overseas many many times and each one yeah. of those is like maybe what four four thousand kilometers yeah. just back or something back and forth so yeah, yeah. that's i've been been to a Europe a bunch of times. I've been to Brazil. I've been to uh, Australia. That's probably the, one of the longest distances Ooh, I've ever yeah. traveled. Uh, I think door to door on one of those trips was like 27 hours or something, Ouch. you know, from, from when we left to when we showed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it'd be hard to, yeah. And then driving too. I used to do a lot of solo. I don't do too much touring so much road touring nowadays but i used to do a lot solo where i would drive drive places and you know play all over the place but yeah um some more travel tips what you, you only take one guitar do you have any other travel tips for musicians or, <laughs> or, or, or any of uh, us you travel obviously <laughs> travel light yeah i tried to travel light try to you know i only take one guitar um I take my guitar in a flight case, so some some people have ways of I don't know. If you're cute enough, you can probably you know get the guitar on get the guitar on board or whatever. But yeah. but yeah, I actually carry my or check my guitar as a piece of luggage, believe it or right. not, in a super like a fiberglass case that is right. like indestructible so far. Yes. Knock yeah. on wood. Knock but on so yeah, I'll do that, and then I'll actually carry a little a lightweight a little you would call a gig bag where people would mm -hmm. put their guitar in that's just made of cloth i'll carry that with me and then when i get where i'm going i won't carry around the the flight case i just use that to get it back and forth um but i would do the same stuff with clothing or you know whatever <laughs> you know i'm ro rolling i roll it up real tight and i put rubber bands around everything you know oh. just so it's like wow. compact because especially if i'm going on a you know a month-long tour it's a lot of stuff you got to take you know, yeah. along, you know, a lot of, like a lot of uh, synthetic fabrics of shirts and stuff that you can, mm -hmm. you can wash in like, you know, in a sink and then uh, dry <laughs> quickly, you know, yeah. it's good for you. Do you have a, like a but... performing outfit? Oh, uh, not, not particularly. I mean, I just have different, different stuff that I'll wear depending on the type of performance or, you know, yeah. whatnot. Okay. When when I I was listening to your your wonderful guitar playing, uh, you you know it's got kind of a Browning McGee kind of vibe about it. It it brought back 
my youth, the first time I went into a bar was to go see Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee at the El Macombo. And and we were 16-year-old blues freak, <laughs> and, and we wanted to get in the bar, so we wore blue blazers, because then they'll let us in for sure. And of course they did <laughs> here. But what I remember is that is that group. That really nice guitar. That is funny. Is that feel? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um when are you on tour again? Uh well right now I'm headed to uh St. Louis in another week or so for the spa. Big it's a big harmonica convention, international uh convention uh of harmonica players and i do a lot of i do a lot of backups so i accompany different oh. uh different performers so i'll be be doing that pretty soon and then i think in october joe felisco and i are doing a workshop uh harmonica camp out in portland oregon wow. uh that'll be be pretty cool called harmonica northwest but most of the touring most of the traveling it's pretty much I'm kind of sort of slowing down right now, you know. I don't, I don't really I prefer doing online stuff actually at this <laughs> point. So I really uh but I've been pretty busy as well touring. Went to Germany this summer and then we were in uh did another thing in West Virginia not too long ago. So yeah, lots going on. But all my stuff is just at, at my website, ericnoden.com. Or you. for me and Joe Felisco, <laughs> it's rootsduo.com. So I, I usually keep it pretty updated with what's, you know, what's yeah. coming up in so the future. So will there be like um, virtual events that we can attend to, to, to see you play online? Yes, I'm always doing virtual events. Uh, a lot of edu a lot of teaching stuff, guitar teaching and guitar and harmonica. But uh, Joe Felisco and I, we've got we're going to be doing an online broadcast called I think the, our end of summer celebration at the mm. end of August. And yeah, we do something about once a month or or so. We recently did a broadcast uh, about our influences. So we did like our top three or three of our favorite influences and we played some songs we wrote you know that were influenced by these different different uh artists uh so yeah we we're doing a lot of that we also did an online festival the first ever roots duo fest back in march where we did five live online events in two days <laughs> awesome. it almost it almost passed out afterwards you know but uh but you think that, that as, as time goes by as people get better at figuring out how to target those events and build a community um do you see that as a as a viable future Oh, yeah, I think it's the future. I mean, I think it's already here. I think the pandemic helped a lot because it kind of made people realize, oh, you could do it this way, too. Right. You know, you could. there's yeah. more than one way to to show up. And there's I mean, a lot there's a lot of people that for whatever reason, maybe they don't want to go to a live concert. Maybe they can't go to a live uh, sure. concert or they live in some place that you know, I'm, I might never tour, tour in or whatever, you know. So I think there's a lot of um, applications for that. And I think the online, I mean, the online education stuff too, I think is also, you know, it's already booming. And I think it's only going to, it's expected to get, you know, bigger in the next five years or something by a lot, you know. So I think it's well, it works. coming. It yeah, works. We, yeah. we had a previous guest a while back uh, who... Uh, like many musicians, was his name is Charlie Walden, a fiddler, 
And like many musicians, he found himself unable to go out and play. And so he started something he called the Big Fiddle Show. And every Friday for like two or three years, he's gathered up his, his buddies and they would play tunes, take requests, have online chat going. And it really became like a community. And then he's linked that to his Patreon. So he's got the education thing going. And I, and I think there's a lot of opportunities there for, for artists to uh, to gather a community around them and and to have a chance to teach too, virtually. Right. Yeah, I think it's great, especially artists, you know, that are in a certain niche, you know, uh, to, to sort of can reach the right, you know, people online, which is pretty, you know, pretty cool. Yeah, I but, think there's a lot of a opportunities. Number. We have a number of listeners that live in rural Canada or in areas in Canada that aren't getting, they're not going to have tours of that. So I'm hoping they will pick up your end of end of summer uh, blues hootenanny or whatever you've got going on. I hope they will check it out. That'd be awesome. Yeah. 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 It's going to be fun. So actually what we're going to be doing will actually be just kind of, like I said, we've been doing a lot of stuff you know, in the last few months. So we'll be sharing some, you know, some stuff we've captured media. We captured in Germany, uh, West Virginia, and then also probably from the spa festival that I'm about to go to. So yeah, we'll be kind of sharing some of that stuff, plus playing tunes live. And then we, you know, we yeah. kind of banter with the, uh, we have the audience in the chat. They're not on screen, uh -huh. but we kind of uh, communicate that Very way cool. but it's a lot of fun i love it i love the for you know i love the format it's not for everyone some musicians hate it you know yeah. don't they want a live audience or just they can't you know do it but i i like try i feel like can reach more people in some ways or just different people i guess that's very cool very cool i love that i love that yeah. any chance we can get another song from you sure absolutely <laughs> i think i might play I'm gonna have to take off my earphones for a second. So uh, when I come back, it might take me a second to uh, to hear you guys again. But right. uh, I think I'll I'll play for you. This is actually I just released. I started releasing singles, uh -huh. and I released three of them so far. I did a sort of ragtime guitar instrumental, and I did a uh, did a tune that was like an electronic has electronic music involved in it and then i just released another oh. one that's more kind of back to my roots and this one's called oh. um no way back home it features harmonica as well so i'm gonna okay. do that at the same that's time fantastic. and uh yeah this thing came out just came out a few days ago okay great i'm already thinking um i already know a client in iowa that's gonna enjoy this connection you know, you know, our friend Steve and Susan, they're going to want to probably have a little dinner party with Eric in the background. What a great idea. Have friends over and play like your Charlie Wald and Eric playing his music. That is a really nice, nice idea. Have parties I, with musicians yeah. virtually. What a great yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. I love one. that idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. so far away and look back for many days send a message on a spirit phone cause the 
trains they run right by by the moonshine in the sky. No matter how far I roam, still there ain't no way. And break the ties Watching the world as it slowly unwinds They're singing such a lonely song Cause there ain't no way back home Some things you gotta leave undone That is lost that I'm never Thing that time has shown There ain't no way back home Stone Keep on rolling through One by one and two by two When housing it begins to moan Cause there ain't no way back home Don't let your dreams get swept away By the chaos of the modern Written on the walls of stone To end away That was so beautiful. It's fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, you choked me up. It was really gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those mellow, mellow tunes for sure. Very much. <laughs> very very much. Very beautiful. You get a lot yeah. of sound out of your home studio, man. It sounds great. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, I'm using, yeah, I've got quite a bit of, you know, in the pandemic, I got deep into, you know, all this stuff, how to get good audio, how to get good uh, video. Mostly video was kind of the first thing I tried to, to fix, you know, and then, uh, but yeah, now I'm using, I've got like a, this is like a condenser microphone and I've got a little audio audio interface that kind of process, yeah, so I've got some pretty, some pretty high quality you know, stuff, and I've kind of learned how to adjust it and stuff over time. That's very cool. I love hearing that response and a good story coming out of the pandemic that you just got that all together. Eugene, we need condenser microphones, I think. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we are yeah. sort of like the low-tech the low 
gang. We, we managed to had bikes at some point, but both our bikes broke. Both so, our bikes broke. Oh no. I haven't replaced them yet. I keep saying I'm going to get one. <laughs> so we're like the lowest, lowest tech right now. But you know, it works. Yeah. It works. And you're making us look good. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to hearing hearing some live material online now that I yeah. know I I can find you there, and so we're going to put uh, put your links on uh, on the page with the podcast so that, that folks cool. can, yeah. uh, can uh, find it. And where where can they find your recorded music? Uh, basically anywhere where you listen to music. Uh, you know, any it's on all pretty much all the streaming different streaming services and whatnot. And uh, I'm starting to offer some digital products that include downloads of recordings as well as like video broadcasts of the the same material on my website to, you know, ericnoden.com and rootsduo.com website with Joe Felisco. But yeah, we're trying more and more to have stuff that people can support us directly. Um, but you can find us anywhere you're looking for music pretty much. Yeah, make it easy for people to, uh, well, to support you yeah, what you're doing yeah. and do you still have some cds you're mailing out or taking on tour with you <laughs> uh sometimes in person but unfortunately okay. we lost our you see is this thing called cd baby that was great and they mailed the cds okay. for for me uh and yeah i'm not good at i'm not good at mailing stuff so, so it's so terrible I, really, I know it's yeah. really hard work all right well thank it's you a, I'm, I'm hoping some people will find your downloads I'm going to Iowa and I'm going to make them listen and uh, get, right. get my friend who's going to love your music so much. I, it's an oversight I haven't made him listen before. And I love really your music so much too. It's it's really fantastic really to hear beautiful. you and to hear some insights about um, how you make your music. We really appreciate it. And thank you yeah, so much for, for spending time with us. Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having okay. me. Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right.